Welcome into the Melting Pot. Brent Bryant with you once again. And today I have the pleasure of talking with Emily Woods, the Executive Director at Destination Hope. How are you doing, Emily? I'm great. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there, hanging in there for a Wednesday. Um, so here at the Melting Pot, I always start off with some fun questions, kind of break the ice. Um, and I will ask, like, you know, what's your favorite color? Green. Green. All right. What about, do you have a favorite number? I guess eight. Okay. Uh, favorite movie? Uh, oof. There's so many. I guess maybe Super 8. Super 8. I don't know mm -hmm. if I've ever watched that before. It's really good. It's like a um, Stand By Me meets E.T. Oh. That's cool. Stand By Me is a good flick. E.T. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, TV show. Do you have a favorite TV show? Uh, ooh, I mean, a lot. I'm watching a couple different shows right now. I love Ozark. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, loved Game of Thrones. Oh. Um, but I'm, I've been, Netflix has been making lots of suggestions. So I've kind of been following their lead. Yeah. That's that's cool. And then last one, uh, favorite holiday, Christmas. Christmas. Right. I've, I have two. I have two young kids, so it's it's getting very excited. So, Christmas oh, well, yeah. is an exciting time. <laughs> Hello. That's that's good times. Good times. All right. So, um, what is it that you do? You know, it says executive director, destination hope. Can you tell the audience like? what is Destination Hope? And then kind of your um, duties with it. Yeah, absolutely. So Destination Hope is a mental health and co-occurring substance abuse treatment center. We provide services at all levels of care. So detox, residential, PHP, IOP, outpatient, as well as sober living. Um, we have been in business for about 13 years. Um, I've been working at Destination Hope for nine years. I started out in admissions and, um, you know, had various other roles before I became the executive director. So our mission really is to provide um, excellent clinical care to clients and their families seeking treatment for mental health and substance abuse issues. Um, and, my job is really kind of overseeing the entire program and its staff. Um, you know, I work very closely with all of the managers and directors of the different departments. Um, client care is, you know, our utmost concern and priority. So it's my responsibility to make sure that everybody's doing their job and, um, the program is not only running efficiently and smoothly, but is growing and changing. And, um, you know, staff has provided opportunities for development and training to continue to be able to really provide a comprehensive and evolving curriculum to, you know, the clients that come to us for treatment as well as their families. Yeah. And, you know, especially for people looking from the outside in that have never experienced it, or maybe they know somebody that may be having some issues and stuff. Can you tell us like what a day in the life looks like um, at Destination Hope and, and any of the other programs that you may be involved with? 
Sure. So, I mean, I think it really depends on what level of care a client is in. Um, somebody who is in detox is going to have a much different experience than somebody who's in um, PHP. Um, but for example, for someone who was in, let's say, a, a residential program who's struggling with, um, you know, schizoaffective disorder, they would, all of the treatment occurs in the same place where the clients live. That's residential. It's 24-7 supervision. Um, the clients have access to a nurse and staff all the time. Um, so, I mean, typical day, they would wake up. We have a gym they can utilize if that's something they wanted to do before, um, you know, they take their medications, have breakfast. It's a very structured program. They're in groups um, and also meeting with their therapist or the psychiatrist um, throughout the day. So they may start off the day with their primary group, which is where they meet with their therapist and the other clients that are on that therapist caseload. They have primary group four days a week where they really work on some of those core issues, processing you know, the things that brought them to treatment, the things that they continue to struggle with. Um, and the whole point of you know, primary group is to have that opportunity to have that kind of cohort, that community that you become comfortable with, you learn from each other, each other, everybody's kind of at different stages of their treatment. So there might be someone in your, in your primary group that's on day three, whereas somebody else is on day 14. So they're really able to relate to each other and learn from each other. And of course, the therapist is there to facilitate the process and, you know, create an environment where they can use interventions to develop insight and, um, you know, develop coping skills and, and all of those sorts of things. Um, and then we have various other types of groups, psychoeducational groups. Um, we have yoga, art therapy, music therapy, um, groups specific to understanding more about your medication, life skills. Um, all meals are provided in our dining hall. So, you know, of course, there are breaks. Um, for clients who smoke cigarettes, there's, you know, obvious times for them to, to pause and, and take a breather. Um, you know, they have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, there's TVs in all of the bedrooms. They have a roommate they share um, a room with and a bathroom with two full-size beds. Um, but it really is, you know, treatment is, treatment is work. That's, that's what it's meant to be. You know, you're in treatment to really deal with some very tough issues. And, um, you know, it's, it's a challenging experience. And then our goal is to make it an experience that, um, you know, prevents clients from having to do it again. Um, you know, a lot of clients have been in treatment multiple times. And, you know, one of our goals is to set clients up for success to create, you know, the kind of environment and, and culture for clients to really get a understanding of what brought them to treatment, um, what their issues are, what needs to happen for them to make progress and to continue to make progress after they finish all levels of care. Gotcha. Um, one of the things you said there is about medication and uh, me being you know, sober for over 13 years and battling depression and stuff. And I still remember thinking medication, I don't want to go on medication. No way. You know, I'm, I'm strong. I'm, you know, all these things. And then 
through that process, I did go on a medication, then I changed, then I changed, and finally I found one that actually suits me. How do you guys incorporate that into a patient that comes in if they don't have medication before they came in? And even if they did, maybe you don't think it's working. Do you guys try to change that? And how does that work? Absolutely. So every client who admits, um, they get an in-depth assessment, um, and they also are seen by the psychiatrist to get a psychiatric evaluation. And we're going to ask all sorts of questions to get really to the bottom of, you know, the client's history. And and one of the biggest questions is going to be, have you tried medications before for whatever, you know, symptoms you're experiencing? And, And if so, what were they? And what was your experience? Were they working? Were they not? Um, you know, it, it, there are a lot of individuals that come in that have been on medications, but they've also been using substances at the same time, which of course really negates their effectiveness. Um, and they're going to meet with the psychiatrist and evaluate, you know, what, what symptoms really need to be managed right now. Um, what are you struggling with that we can provide you with relief with your symptoms currently? But it's an ongoing process. Like you said, um, I think one of the best things about Destination Hope is that we have that availability, that the clients that come in for res that are there for mental health issues are seen twice a week by a provider. And your medication may change. Um, it, you may not, it may not be effectively managing your symptoms, so it needs to be increased. You may experience a side effect, so we need to try something different. Um, you know, our goal is not to hesitate in those sorts of situations. Um, I know that sometimes, you know, uh, someone can be put on something that's like, all right, well, let's just wait and see if it works. And sometimes that's appropriate. Other times it's not. Um, so we really work with the client. Um, we work with, you know, the, the medical and clinical pieces we're a team. So the therapist is going to talk to the psychiatrist about how the client is doing and what they're seeing and maybe what needs to be changed or added. Um, we also do gene site testing, which is a blood test that will give us information about what medications will work for you best. Um, speaking to families to see if there's anyone else who struggled with a similar diagnosis that benefited from a specific medication over others. So we really do, you know, everything we can to kind of develop that background information. So we have all of that when we make decisions about what makes sense to address how the client's presenting to us now. And you, you said something there about gene site testing. I've never mm-hmm. heard of that before. Um, can you maybe go in a little more depth about kind of what that is? So what it is, it's, it's a blood test. Um, and it really kind of, um, it looks at your genes to, to see how your profile, um, looks against different sorts of medication profiles. And it, it's able to tell you based on, you know, and I, and I won't get too specific cause I, I'm not, you know, a doctor or, or extremely um, nuanced on the specifics of it, but it will give us information about how your body will respond to certain medications. Like this, these medications are not, this gene site testing does not think these are indicative of something that's going to benefit you. Whereas as these are more appropriate and that can give us a lot of information about maybe why previous medications didn't work. And, and if there have been no medications, what medications may have the potential to work more appropriately. That's amazing. 
that's uh, that's good. It really know. is. It really it is. Kind of, it kind of takes out the the almost a guessing game to try to figure out which is which and what works. I know for me, yeah. it was kind of difficult going through those years of trying one and going, man, it just doesn't. You know, I'm not feeling right with this one. And then you know, because um, I know those are. Uh, some barriers I think some people will go through when they're like, I don't want to go on medication because it's going to make me feel this way. Um, And I look at it like, you know, uh, it's like a candle, you know, the candle for me, it burns outside of my skull. Well, the, the medication I take just sort of dims that candle, but not like puts it out and it's not like barely flickering. It just is settling like at a perfect spot for me. And, you know, I'm not embarrassed or ashamed to say I'll probably take it for the rest of my life. Um, it's just how it is. Well, and I think too, you know, you have to think about, um, especially clients who come in with substance use, you know, that there's a reason that you were using drugs or alcohol and you, for many were were self-medicating an underlying condition that you didn't know you had, or you don't have insight into understanding that that's really what's going on. And you've spent all this time taking not medications, but something to alleviate this experience you're having. This is an appropriate way to do that, a way that works for your body, you know, um, that works with your body um, to help you stay regulated. Yeah, it's a it's a good balance, I, I, I like to say, because uh, I, yeah. I know if I'm not on it or I've missed or whatever, I can totally tell the, the change in myself. And I'm like, whoa. You know, I got to remember to take these, you know, because sometimes you forget you get busy. And, uh, but that's that's great to know. Um, one of the other questions I was going to ask is, what does it look like for somebody that is doing a substance and then does have mental health issues? How do you figure out what needs to be maybe treated first and then second? Let's say somebody has a you know um, mental issue they also are using kind of, how do you differentiate those? Well, I think, you know, um, like, like anything, the, the, the most pressing, um, most distressing symptom or concern really is what needs to be addressed first. Obviously, um, you know, being in treatment, you're coming off the substances is something that's going to happen. And depending on what your use history has been, it's likely that you'll need to go through detox. So that, that is always going to be the first step is getting you medically safe through detox to be able to engage in treatment at the residential level of care. Now that doesn't mean that you're not going to be receiving psychiatric medications at the same time. It just means that ensuring that medically you're getting off of the drugs in a way that's safe and effective is going to be the primary goal to get you to a place where we can focus on the other areas that need to be focused on. And and again, you know, I, I don't want it to seem like it's all about medication. You know, a big reason why medications are utilized is so that symptoms are managed to a point that clients can engage in treatment. They can participate with their therapists. They can, you know, work in group and, and focus on, you know, what brought them to treatment. So, so medications are just a tool to get clients to a point where they can be a proactive part of the treatment process. And, you know, eventually a proactive part of, you know, their responsibilities and and work, you know, 
family, you need to be able to function. And, and medication is one piece of, of that eventual ability to function. Yeah. And, and I know personally for myself, it, it's like you said, a tool. I have many tools in my toolbox as a recovering alcoholic and somebody that deals with mental health and anxiety and stuff. And, and that is just a tool I use. I still see a therapist. I still talk and I still, you know, express my feelings out loud. Um, I mean, I just recently went through a personal loss with my sister dying a couple of weeks ago and that's so sorry. Yeah. That process of, um, letting it out and being open about it, about how I feel, but then still taking my medication, talking to my therapist and all those things are, it's just one part of that puzzle to keep me functional and, you know, keep me going. So that's a huge part that it plays for certain. Um, you talk too about families and stuff. What are your guys's goals there at Destination Hope about, you know, having that family, uh, kind of know what's going on with their loved one? And then do you work with them too and kind of help them uh, when that patient client comes back to them at, at some point? Yeah, absolutely. So at Destination Hope, we have a family program. It's run by a licensed marriage and family therapist. Her name's Lystra. Um, and it really is kind of one of, I, I think, one of the hallmarks of Destination Hope. Um, any client that comes in, we're obviously going to contact, um, you know, their emergency contact, their loved one to let them know that they're there, that they're safe. And all families will be contacted as long as, you know, it is appropriate and there's a release weekly by the primary therapist to let them know how things are going, to have a family session, to kind of make sure their understanding of where in the treatment process their loved one is and what work they're doing and, and you know, talking about what, you know, the family can be doing on their part to, you know, do work. Maybe that's doing education for themselves on what's going on. Maybe that's setting boundaries. Maybe that's learning about enabling. But beyond that work, we also have the family program. And that is a weekly process group that for the detox, for the inpatient detox and residential clients, it's one day a week. And for the outpatient PHP, IOP, OP clients, it's another day a week where families are actually invited to come in and participate in a process group. This isn't visitation. This is um, a, a therapeutic intervention where Lystra works with the clients and their families on a variety of issues. And Families come if they can every week. Clients participate um, even if their families aren't available to attend because they learn from the process, from watching what's happening with the clients whose families are there. Um, families are invited to continue to participate even after treatment. So we have some families who have been coming for years. We also have a monthly intensive family program. So once a month, those clients that are identified as appropriate by their therapist, their families are invited to participate in the family weekend program where over the course of two days, Sunday and Monday, they'll spend all day with Lystra working through various processes, um, interventions where they really get to the bottom of a lot of the family dynamics, 
problems that are happening within the family unit that have, you know, created an environment that whether intentionally or not has, has enabled this um, dysfunctional system to continue. So really examining those things and what needs to change and assigning homework. And, you know, when the families leave after the program, the expectation is that they have work to do on themselves so that when the client returns to the home, if that's the plan, they're set up for success, not just the client, but also the family in a way to know how to not only support the client, but support themselves. You know, um, addiction and mental health, it's a family disease. It affects everybody. And a family needs to be healthy and strong to provide support. Um, and, And that means that they need to sometimes do their own work and and be prepared to, you know, like I said, treatment is work and, you know, families have to be okay with being a part of that as well. Yeah. And that's so important. And I, I love the fact that uh, more places are involving families because I, I try to put it in layman's terms when talking with people or giving a speech or something as um, it's as simple as, you know, if there's an oil spill in the ocean, um, the, the family is the ocean with the oil. And let's say the patient would be a bird that's got oil all over it. It needs to go to a, a, a facility to get cleaned up, rehabilitated, and then hopefully sent back into the wild again. But if you haven't cleaned the ocean up and there's still oil all over the place, then what good is it done? So that right. family being the oil, they need to work on, you know, what they need to work on while that patient in this case, it would be a bird, gets the help they need too. So it's it's so important. And that's great to hear. As far as aftercare, I know you're talking about uh, outpatients and stuff from Destination Hope. If they're still going through the program and stuff, how long does that usually tend to last? Let's say if that patient goes six months, nine months, a year, what, what do you guys do and how do you kind of track them and, and keep in contact? Yeah, absolutely. So we have an alumni program. That's something that they're going to be connected with throughout their stay. Um, You know, uh, our alumni coordinator runs groups at the outpatient level. So they're familiar with them. They understand, um, you know, who they are and what they do. We have an alumni meeting every Friday evening where clients come together to have a, um, to have a meeting that's facilitated by the alumni coordinator and the outpatient clients do participate in that. So they are exposed to, you know, those alumni that have gone through the program who've done well, who've, you know, maintained sobriety or stability. We have speakers that come in to talk about their experience. um, And we do consistent checks on clients after they discharge. So we're going to be speaking with them regularly, immediately after discharge, maybe, um, you know, monthly, a little farther along, bi-monthly as they, you know, continue along and, and, and so forth. And they're invited to continue participating in that alumni meeting indefinitely. Oh, nice. And for you, have you, you seen that? And, and I always ask, like, how do treatment facilities measure success? Like for Destination Hope, what is success? What does that look like? Do you, do you know coming out you know, um, what kind of programs are they different for a different person? Maybe go into a different program to another program, sober living, you know, how does that look? 
Well, I think, you know, for us, you know, success is really measured by those aftercare calls. You know, are you, are you taking your medication? Are you going to meetings? Are you talking to your sponsor? Um, you know, are you doing the things that you should be doing to support yourself? And if you're not, that doesn't necessarily need mean that you need to get back to treatment, but it means that, you know, you need to come back to alumni and get connected back with your peers and, you know, have that support to continue on the right path instead of continuing to, you know, um, not take care of yourself. And I think, you know, each person's aftercare needs are going to be different. Like I mentioned, you know, there are some clients who returning to the family unit, that's, that's not, that's not a good environment Um, for whatever reason, you know, really they need to be in sober living. Um, Maybe they need to relocate. Uh, Maybe they need to consider, you know, moving in with a different family member. Um, So I think that it really is based on what the client's needs are. How do we set you up for success? Because treatment is, is like a bubble, especially at, you know, the residential and PHP level of care. You're not faced with the triggers or high anxiety situations that you're going to be faced with, you know, at OP, when you're home, when you're at work, when you're at family, like you said, you know, when you experience a loss or, um, you know, you need to develop the skills in treatment to, to deal with those situations. And that's why having an appropriate transition in levels of care is important, you know, the more exposure you have to those things while still connected to the support of treatment, the better able you are gonna, to continue to develop, develop your coping skills so that, so that you can manage them when something like that happens. So you know exactly what you need to do. I need to call my therapist. I need to reach out to my sponsor. I need to you know, talk to my psychiatrist about a medication change instead of kind of reverting back to that behavior that you know started the whole process of needing to go into treatment in the first place. Definitely. And, you know, like you said earlier, it, uh, treatment is work and this is it, it, you got to almost treat it like it is a job in so many different ways. And it has to be your number one priority in your life is that, and, you know, you can kind of fall off a little bit, but, you know, bringing that back in and having, you know, those connections with the facility is huge for that person because it's from somebody that's been through it. You know, sometimes you think, oh, my gosh, I'm all alone. But then you forget that you have this amazing team that's, you know, kind of guided you, and given you these tools for you to be able to use because, you know, uh, there is no magic pill. There's no, you know, you, you have to actually do it and work at it and, and yeah. see the results. And from that, that just builds and builds and builds. Um, so that's that's really cool. Is there anything uh, in any of my questions that I might have missed that Destination Hope does that I really hadn't talked about? And maybe I could ask like insurance wise, how does that all work for a family that's like, oh my gosh, I don't have money. I don't this, this, you know, whatever. So we have an amazing admissions team that's going to walk all families through any questions that they have about that financial piece. You know, do we accept your insurance? What is that going to look like? When can I come in? Um, and, And they are really able to kind of break it down everybody's different. Everybody's insurance is different. Um, but we make sure that all families and clients are aware of kind of what that's going to look like. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I, I say, um, 
when we do have the monthly family program, I, I do like to go to, to talk to the, to the families and the clients, you know, is that treatment is an incredible opportunity. It, it is work, absolutely. But you will never again be in a situation where the, the whole, all you do is focus on yourself. Your only job is to make yourself well. Utilize the resources that you have in treatment. Do the work. Listen. Be open. You're you're in a place where people have spent most of their lives developing a skill set to be able to provide this service. Use it. Use it as much as you can. Learn as much as you can because there are very few opportunities you have to completely focus on being well, regardless of whether destination hope is, is that choice or not. That's, that's what I would say is, is really look at treatment as an opportunity to, to have the ability to really focus on yourself and get well and develop tools so, so that you can live a life that you want. Um, that's, that's what we want for our clients to, to be able to function in a way that they feel fulfilled and, and they're making progress and they're doing well and they feel, um, you know, a part of something good. Yeah, that's, uh, that's amazing to hear. And I, I thank you for that. And, uh, we'll, we'll wrap up the melting pot with that. And, you know, that basically for me is my melting pot moment is the incredible opportunity that people have when they come to a facility like Destination Hope and get to, you know, be with people such as yourself and, and everybody that's involved. I mean, that's just truly amazing. Uh, I want to thank you so much, Emily, for coming on the show. And uh, if you ever do see Emily out and about, um, or if you ever go to the facility, if you take a tour or whatever, just make sure you know that uh, her favorite number is eight. She likes the color <laughs> green. The movie Super 8, which I guess I'm going to have to watch now, um, because it's ET and what would you say ET and stand by me stand, by, stand me. by me okay yeah. so now I really got to watch that Ozark's a good thing and uh, she loves Christmas so don't forget about that um, <laughs> that's a good thing so thanks so much again Emily I truly appreciate it and uh, have a great rest of your night you too Brent thank you so much yep bye-bye bye if you or anyone you know needs help please reach out. You can call me at 360-507-6726 or call the admissions line for Journey Pure Destination Hope at 844-505-4772. And thanks for listening.